welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. Um, I'm the romance novel veteran. I'm the virgin. <laughs> it gets it, it never gets um, less awkward every time. I'm not good at the intros. Once we get going, I'm happy. But uh, to start, I always get very, very nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. Yeah. We love you. The audience loves you. There's no need to be nervous. Oh, thanks, Clayton. Yeah. They all love you, too. Do they? <laughs> they do. You were always really worried about doing this because it was like all women and you're like, are they all going to hate me? <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. I mean, partly that. Yeah. yeah. But also just, again, like I'm a guest in the house mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I'm not like getting dirt on the carpet. You know, basically, that's how I feel. That's a good vibe to go into a new situation with, I think. You're just like, thank you. I will have a cup of water and I will use a coaster. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'll use the bathroom that only the guests use, not the bathroom that the family uses. You know, the downstairs bathroom. So, yeah, I mean, that's I I think that's what it is. I'm Mm -hmm. very conscious of like that. That's good, though. So, yeah, I'm a guest. Mm -hmm. But in this podcast, I'm a co-host. You are. Yes. You have a little something to read for us. Oh, yeah. So we got a review on iTunes that I wanted to read. It is from Squidzillastein mm. or Squidzillastein, one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, keep up the good work. My new Wednesday morning walk podcast. Love what you guys are doing and how much you fangirl over these books. Makes me excited to read romance again, which... I love this because I do a lot of walks. I'm a big walker, long walks. I listen to podcasts. I'm so glad that we're a podcast that you listen to while you walk. That makes me very happy. And also, getting into romance again. So maybe this is somebody who wasn't reading romance, either got distracted or stopped reading it for whatever reason, and now they're back because of us. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Bringing people into the genre again. Mm-hmm. Come back. Doors always open. Yeah, peek your head in. Come in. (laughs) Now I'm inviting people in. This is this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. No, you can't. When you're invited to the party, you can't invite other people to the party. Yeah, I'm not. No plus ones yet. No, still. But she was already in, so she's coming back. She's coming back. She already got a pass. You were just walking by the door, and someone knocked on the door, and then you open, and she was like, "Oh, hey, I'm here for the party," and you were like, "Oh, welcome, come in." But you didn't invite her. I didn't invite her. No. I just let her into the house without asking the host if, if they knew her. <laughs> well. See, I can't do that. I just got to sit on the couch and be quiet. <laughs> just walk people pound on the door. It's raining. I'm cold. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Is it okay? So this week we read. The Rogue Not Taken. By Sarah McLean. She'd done it to manipulate him. After all, wasn't that what the Talbot sisters did? trap unsuspecting aristocrats into marriage. It had made a duchess of the eldest, why not a future duchess of the youngest? Well, she had chosen the wrong mark. She'd landed herself here, buying off a footman, surviving the carriage ride. Sophie Talbot was no simpering wallflower, whatever her reputation. He knew little about the girl, only that she was the most serious of the five Talbot sisters. Not a difficult task, considering the tittering vanity and disdain for propriety that marked the others in the family. Her actions did not bear out her seriousness, however. Indeed, they made her seem positively foolish. I picked this one. Why? (laughs) Because um, we had been reading, well, we've read two Regencies with, I feel like, similar kind of characters, heroes at least, And I thought it would be interesting to read a Regency with a hero that was not the same sort of like piney person, even though he is a little bit piney towards the end. And he was kind of unlikable. And I also love a road trip book, movie. I like them all. This is a really great one. Um, Sarah McLean is one of my favorite authors. My favorite book of hers is Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake. Which is also the one whenever people are like, you love romance, what should I read? I always give that book. But I feel like a few podcasts have done that. So I definitely wanted to highlight a different um, series of hers. So I thought this would be a really great one to start with. Um, And this whole series is really great as well. So I made you read it. What'd you think? What do we want to judge judge a cover cover? first? (laughs) What'd you think? I mean, I love this cover. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I love the, it's basically our heroine. On uh, Sophie, mm-hmm. on the front, she's got a beautiful purple dress. 
She's sitting on a, I think it's probably, I'm a little bit colorblind, so this is hard for me, but it looks like a, a, a purple couch. Yeah. And she's got a little book open because she's a bookworm, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And she looks really gorgeous. It's a beautiful cover. It's, it's, it's that Regency kind of look that all these books kind of look uh, very similar, but I, I like the layout, and I've seen the other books in the series. It's a very similar co- cover scheme, but they're very inviting. Mm-hmm. They're, like, dark and warm, and you just kind of want to be in that world. Just cuddle up next to her. And the, and the, the cover we have has a nice little uh, quote by Lisa Claypass. Your girl. Everybody's girl. <laughs> uh, I recommend anything by Sarah McLean. So like, that's that's all I need. Yeah, and then you're in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. If if she's good enough for Lisa, she's good enough for me. <laughs> I do love also that the dress kind of doesn't 100% fit her either. It's like and very that, low because throughout this book, there's a runner of her just never wearing clothes that fit her. Mm-hmm. And I find that great. Yeah. So, well, because if you are, we'll get into this with the plot. If you are buying other people's clothes, they're not going to fit. No. Well, well. So why don't you let us know what it's about and then we can just dive in because we're both very anxious to dive in. Sure. So what I'm going to do, because I'm... I'm We've all heard Clayton struggle (laughs) through the synopsis week after week. Now, if you like to hear me struggle, then um, please email us and let me know and I will struggle. But uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to read about the book from, I think this is probably, uh, it's from my Kindle. So it's just going to be a synopsis that I didn't write. Uh, See if you guys like this instead of me just like struggling. So when Sophie, the least interesting of the Talbot sisters, lands her philandering brother-in-law backside first in a goldfish pond in front of all society, she becomes the target of very public aristocratic scorn. Her only choice is to flee London, vowing to start a new life far from the aristocracy. Unfortunately, the carriage in which she stows away isn't saving her from ruin, it's filled with it. <laughs> so King Scott King, the Marquez, is it Marquez? Marquez. Marquez of Eversley, has never met a woman he couldn't charm, resulting in a reputation far worse than the truth. A general sense that he's more pretty-faced than proper gentleman, and an irate summons home to the Scottish border. When King discovers stowaway Sophie, however, the journey becomes anything but boring. Hmm. He thinks she's trying to trick him into marriage. She wouldn't have him if he were the last man on earth. But carriages bring close quarters, dark secrets, and unbearable temptation, making opposites altogether too attractive. <laughs> great job. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't write it. No, you I did I just it. read it. You did, but you did a great job reading it. Thank you. I will say, when I first started reading this book, I was a little bit like, am I going to like this? Because... First off, it starts with a bunch of names getting thrown at me and still newish to Regency. It's hard when I'm getting this sister and this Lord and this Earl and all those. So I'm I'm getting thrown off. And then when we meet Sophie to begin with, she's kind of irritating. Mm -hmm. She's a know-it-all. She uh, is kind of rude. And as all right. This is fine. Most of the heroines that we've had have been likable from the start. And then our hero shows up and uh, King, and he's also kind of arrogant and annoying. And I was like, I don't like either of these people. How am I going to like this book? And here's the thing. I played right into the author's hands. They're supposed to be obnoxious. You're not supposed to like them at the beginning. You're supposed to start to care about them as they care about each other. And so once they got past the first introduction and then they got on the road, because this is a road book, Mm -hmm. when they started to get to know each other, I started understanding why they were the way they were. And I started to really get into them. Yeah. I felt the same way. And it's funny because... Um, I chose this book and then when I did the reread of it, it was the same, it was the first like few few pages. I was like, oh, I've made a mistake because this is one of my favorite authors. She has so many books that I think are phenomenal. And I was like, oh, but did I pick a dud? No. The Mm -hmm. same thing happened where it's like you fall in love with the characters as the characters fall in love with each other. And I think that's really difficult to do because I think people are also really 
nervous about liking people from the get-go. They think that that's necessary. And it's not. I mean, it's a much more enjoyable experience, you slowly falling in love with somebody as opposed to just like, kabam. Yeah, because it seems it actually is more natural mm-hmm. and what really happens in, in, in real life. This is a really interesting book. I really enjoyed it because she also plays with nostalgia in a way that I really thought was smart, where teen he fell in love with the milkmaid and wanted to marry her. Uh, and his father said no, because he thought that the milkmaid Lorna was after her mo- his money. And then they decided to go to the Scottish border, get married anyway. There's a tragic accident and she dies, which is awful. Mm-hmm. And for Sophie... They grew up in this little town called Mossband where she had an idyllic childhood. And then her father ends up coming into an earldom. Well, he wins it in a card game. He wins it in a card game. Which <laughs> is cool. Yeah. So I think each of them have childhoods that they are so nostalgic for and overly idealizing that they can't grow up. Mm-hmm. Like neither of them are able to grow up until they meet each other and are like, Okay, so I can forgive people for mistakes. I mean, obviously, in King's case, somebody literally died. Yes. That's obviously tragic on a, on a different level than having to give up your cat named Asparagus, which is so cute. <laughs> and Sophie just wanted to be rich but not be the part of the aristocracy because mm-hmm. they were already rich because her dad was like a coal uh, – he was like a coal baron. baron. Yeah. And then I think also with King where he's like my father – he was this awful person. He wouldn't let me marry this woman. Like he, I'm going to tell him that the line ends with me. Like he's just so dramatic. Yeah. And then he goes home and his father's like, Hey man, what's up? Like I told you I was dying. So you come home. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cool. cool. I'm fine. Also, I'm dating the housekeeper. She's I'm banging Agnes. Yeah. She's hot as fuck, but she won't marry me because she just wants to stay the housekeeper, which I'm like, I appreciate. Uh-huh. Agnes seems cool. I really liked her a lot. Yeah, Agnes is great. The thing about this book was, so we learn that King, I guess people think he ruins women mm-hmm. for their weddings. She, at first, Sophie goes, you only go for married women, you ruin marriages. He's like, no, I go for women who are betrothed, and I don't ruin them. Mm-hmm. I allow them to find true love. Which I kind of had an inkling about from the beginning when he we meet him coming down from uh, like uh, a bedroom of a woman who he's just, quote unquote, ruined Mm -hmm. and he's running away and she's thanking him and waving (laughs) and he loses his boot and Sophie won't give him his boot back. But they have this interaction where she's like, this guy's a, a rogue. He's gross. But she's attracted to him because his thighs are really massive and his and she can see the outline of his dick when he's walking. Yeah, that's what she sees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she sees the outline of his dick. She's like into it. And she was into it from the beginning. So then they have this argument. And when he did that, uh, at first I was like, oh, this guy, how am I going to be into this guy if he's just running around screwing all these women? But you find out, of course... He's pretending to screw all these women so that they can marry who they really want to marry, not mm-hmm. these earls and these dukes and all these stuffed shirts. So immediately, I mean, that makes me like this guy. I do like how often King just can never, ever say the right thing. Like he's always like he's a rogue and he's a scoundrel and he's he all these women love him. But he can never say the right t- thing to Sophie where he's constantly accidentally insulting her. Yeah. Well, also, sh- Sophie comes from a place of feeling so less than mm-hmm. her sisters. So her sisters are the Talbot sisters who are famous in the uh, the scandal, what are they called? Uh, scandal sheets. Scandal sheets. So you're seeing all these sisters. They were, they're also referred to as the dangerous sisters. Dangerous daughters. Dangerous daughters, sorry. Dangerous and daughters and the soiled S's. You could see that Sophie felt like she was the least pretty. Mm-hmm. She was the least interesting and the least kind of wanted by men. So she felt really bad all the time. So anything that he would say, even he did insult her, but even if he said something that seemed the least bit condescending, she took it so much to heart. Because then even at the end, one of our sisters is like, we would have set you up as a nice aunt, spinster aunt. And she's like, right? That was what I was supposed to be, was just like somebody's like spinster aunt. Like that's BS. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the mom and the older sisters, 
it's not even that they necessarily wanted to be aristocracy. They wanted to be in the scandal sheets because yeah. they were like the one who was always fighting with her boyfriend, like in public. It's like you were, you're kind of getting off on the fighting part mm-hmm. too. Like nobody fights that much if they're not like excited by it or, um, uh, or dating the one that was dating Derek Hawkins, who was like a painter. He wasn't even part of the aristocracy. So it's like, you know. That's what they wanted. And I think for Sophie, where she had such nostalgia for a simpler time and wanted to just run a bookshop, it's really hard to even relate on that level. Yeah. Which like, I'm into. I've always wanted to own a bookstore. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, That's you know a dream. That was a dream of yours. Oh, yeah. Bookstore. Like, uh, I want to do, I don't even know where I would do this, but it'd be like a 24-hour bookstore. And it'd be like bookstore and record store. Oh. Yeah. So people just come in and hang out. All times of night. It'd have to be in like a really nice neighborhood, I guess. I don't know where this would exist. I guess it exists in my mind that people would come in and just hang out and it'd be like a fun place. Would you serve like wine or something at night or it would be like? Yeah, maybe. You see, alcohol would be the thing where then people get riled Uh, up. I wouldn't want people to get riled up. You know, I wouldn't mm -hmm. want people to get rowdy in my bookstore. (laughs) No, no, no. No rowdy around the books. No, I I mean, maybe maybe it would be just open for special occasions (laughs) because I don't really like people and I don't like customer service. So I think maybe I would just own a bookstore and it would just be like someplace I could hang out (laughs) with my friends. It's like everybody who always opens a bar, they're like, I'll make it just like how me and my friends want to hang out. And then they're like, oh, that isn't a viable business. No, because you have to cater to other people, to other people who stink. (laughs) I know, because I was just thinking, I was like, who are you going to hire for third shift at the bookstore? I know. I probably have to hire some kid who would would steal money from me. You can't find Mm. good help. Good help these days. Yeah. Any days. You can never find good help. I love when they say you can't find good help these days. You can never find good help. Nobody's ever good. All right. It's true. Nobody's ever good. Well, you think in the 50s, like any like these like these street racers were any better than kids nowadays? You know, these like James Dean types who would just be like slicking back their hair or whatever, working at the hardware store. Who are you referring to? <laughs> I'm saying like that it, you never can find good help. Ever. I think if you are ever trying to hire a teenager. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, my bookstore, which is just a dream of Do you have a name head. for it? No. I don't have a name. Rockin' Books? Rockin' Books. <laughs> Books and Roll. <laughs> Book and Roll. <laughs> no, I don't know what it would be called. I, no, I never thought of the name for it. I like that idea for you. Yeah. Because I could just talk about books all day and all night and mm-hmm. it'd be cool. Would it just be rom- – would you have a robust romance of section? Of course. I would have to. Yeah. I would have to cater to, to the romance crowd, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I live in the back. I would sleep in the back. Oh. Yeah, so in the so stream, you like, you don't have a ton of money. No. I mean, I have a place that's not in the city where my bookstore is that I can okay. go to. I close the shop for a couple of weeks and just hang out there. When is the shop open? Very rarely. <laughs> You went from 24 hours to unclosing for a few weeks. Well, when it's open, it's open 24 hours, but it's rarely ever open. It should be called rarely open. Rarely open. No, it should books be. Books and be, tapes. It should be rare, big, and then it, books, records, open. Yeah, yeah. Rarely, yeah. Yeah, that that I think that's the the model. That's the business model. Listen, I hope you become independently wealthy because that's the only way this bookstore is going to work. Oh yeah. Okay. Anybody want to invest? Any angels out there? Do you have a Patreon for your bookstore for Rock and Books? No. You mean rarely open? <laughs> rarely open. <laughs> rarely open books and tapes. And when people are like tapes, I don't have tapes. What are you talking about? I have one tape. <laughs> I have one tape, and it's not for sale. <laughs> And it's just learning French, too. Yeah, yeah it's one. <laughs> I don't know where the first <laughs> tape went. You have to have rudimentary knowledge. Why it? are you asking me these questions? I'm closed. <laughs> and I'll just close anytime I feel like it. Like, so like I, I also, walk in yeah. at 11 a.m. because <laughs> we don't open until 11. I walk in. First customer annoys me. We're closed. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll put on the sign, closed due to annoyance. <laughs> and they would be like, I. I really want to ask him a question, but I don't want him to close. <laughs> don't ask him that. He's going to close the store. So it would be like, just let me buy these books and then ask the question. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should ask on my way out. 
Uh, this is going to be such a great bookstore. Oh, it's going to be best. Really open. I can't wait. Uh-huh. Anyway, so speaking of this book. <laughs> Were we? This book is also heavy, heavy on plot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot happening. It, it, it feels like a road trip in that, like, constantly we're making decisions, we're running. So when she first steals away in his carriage, she buys clothes off of the footman. Which, how, what does he wear? Is he wearing her clothes? How, how, we don't even know. No, she says he went to the stable boy. He bought clothes off of them. But then where did the stable boy get clothes? He lives there, so he has more than one pair of clothes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It just seemed like it was like everybody, she started a chain of events where people were just buying clothes off each other all around <laughs> England. He just went home. Listen, for a quid, he would walk home in a dress. I would walk home in a dress for a quid. A quid is like a lot of money back then, mm-hmm. but a quid now is, is one pound, is one pound, which is nothing, right? Right. But you just wear a dress that's just breezy. Yeah, because. If it's it, warm outside. Yeah, pants are so restrictive. Yeah. But um, th- the funny thing, too, is that, so she get shot so she has to go to the first town that has a doctor or they assume has a doctor and king takes her there and this doctor is super dreamy Mm -hmm. i love how king gets really upset because this doctor is very dreamy and he's very young which they say he looks super young to be a doctor but then i loved how like sardonic he was and how he was just like uh, listen, you you might die. I don't know. Here's yeah. some honey. Like, he was just, like, very nonchalant about everything. And then he's like, also, I know I'm hot. Yeah. yeah. Everyone keeps saying I'm hot. I'm hot. I know it. And then King, for some reason, says that they're married. That's when I think he started liking her because he was like, well, I don't want them to have to, like, take her away. So I'm just going to say that we're married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was that was an interesting choice by him. So mm-hmm. he would always bust in because he couldn't leave her alone. Because he did the same thing when they finally reached uh, her old stomping grounds and she goes into the bakery to see Robbie. He King was outside and they had said goodbye and he just couldn't resist going in there to see what Robbie looked like, whether they were going to be together, all this stuff. He goes in and he charms everybody. And it was funny because I never, until he was around other people, when he was with Sophie at first, I did not find him charming. And then when he would be introduced into a, a, a scene when he would walk through the door and all these people would react to him, I said, oh, you know what? He does. Got, he has it. He's a handsome guy. He has a power about him that I didn't realize when he was just with Sophie. The other thing about this book is the pre-sex scenes were super hot. The scene where she has to take a bath because, you know, she had the she had the shotgun injury or the gun injury um, and she's having a hard time getting undressed and he's kind of helping her, but he's not allowed to look. And then he's got his back turned while she's bathing. That was super hot. And when he does like she she does get up out of the bathtub Mm-hmm. And he he helps her out and he gets all wet and then he starts undressing. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, just get naked. I was so excited for him to get naked. And then he doesn't. And I was super upset. <laughs> so I was like, that scene is so hot. He decides to tease her and takes his shirt off. And I was like, I'll take them fucking pants off, too. <laughs> I mean, I thought the scene in the carriage where she. <laughs> I was going to say that scene, too. I mean. As I was reading, it was so funny because I was of two minds as I was, because I was like, this is a really hot scene. I love it. But then I was also, I was like, God damn you, Sarah McLean. I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is genius. Because it's like, how many of these carriage scenes have Regency authors written? A lot. Okay. And that she could bring something so fresh and new and interesting and a little bit dirty and sort of what she was saying also with the whole childhood and nostalgia. Because basically what happened was Sophie witnessed a um, stable... Stable boy. A stable boy and a maid get it on. And she sort of like watched from the hayloft. Mm-hmm. And she basically described to King what <laughs> what she witnessed. And then he like did everything. Mm-hmm. And it was so sexy. Yes. It was so hot. It was so perfect for the characters. Like that's why when people – I get like so angry when people are like, oh, you read a lot of romance. It's just porn for women. I'm like – no, I'm like, this is bringing the story forward. We're learning more about the characters through this sex act. And yeah, it is super hot. It is super sexy. Like, uh-huh. I'm not made of stone, but this is why these sex scenes are interesting. And this is what you get out of them is this sort of like growth as characters too. Yes. A well done sex scene. Obviously, there are a lot of 
poorly done sex scenes uh-huh. that don't do that. But it's like, this is what you read romance for, is for a scene like that. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the hottest scenes that I've read so far in any book. Yeah. Can we talk about the maze scene mm. where they almost have sex in the maze? I love that. I love minotaurs. You do? I love minotaurs, yes. Oh, okay. In fact, I want to read a romance about a minotaur. I have one. You do? Yeah. Let's read it. Mm-hmm. I love the minotaur. I love the story of the Did minotaur. Did you know about this? Because this was me learning the story I of the minotaur. I did not know I the real it. story of the minotaur. It's heartbreaking. I know. It's so sad. That there was a woman who would bring virgins to the minotaur to eat, what, once a year or something? Through a maze, and only she knew of the maze. Yeah. And some guy, some fucking guy, who has to be in everybody's business, wants to kill the Minotaur, and she leads this guy into into the maze, and he fights the Minotaur. And the Minotaur was fighting not for, not to save himself, but he was fighting for the love of this girl who he would only see once a year. And and she's fighting. He's fighting the guy, and the guy loses his sword. And it looks like the Minotaur is going to win. And then the girl gives the guy the sword back, and the Minotaur is like, "Oh, she loves him, not me." Mm. And he just quits fighting, and he gets slain because he his heart was broken. And King says that he was killed not by that sword; he was killed by that betrayal. Ugh. I was like, this <laughs> is amazing. And just the set piece of being in a maze is just yeah. so romantic to me. Because they're at a maze at King's father's house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a maze that she had been to before as a kid because it's a famous maze. Mm-hmm. Back when mazes were could be famous. Uh, I could not name a famous maze right no. now. But I, if there was any famous mazes out there, I would love to visit. Uh, but yeah, I love that story. So heartbreaking. I love how it showed how he felt about love which you know he felt betrayed by it he thinks it's a lie and it's a betrayal so the fact that he could find sophie and that he could get over that was so awesome these two were definitely made for each other yeah well i think it's interesting too if you think about it as the stories that we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. because he was telling himself that story as him being the minotaur and that became his identity. Like he was telling himself the story that his father didn't let him marry this woman. And then that's the reason she died, which maybe wasn't the truth. Like Sophie was telling the story of herself that she was only happy in Mossman. She was only happy in her little town. It's like the stories that we tell ourselves that prevent us from actually getting happiness because King wasn't the minotaur. There wasn't anything holding him back really from love other than himself, other than the stories he was telling himself. Mm -hmm. So I felt that that was really interesting and really well done too. I love secret places. (laughs) I I think that's one of the trope that I love. Secret places? Secret places. Better write it down. Yeah. Because I I have secret places that I go to in the city that are secret. And I love them. I'm not going to ask where they are. Yeah. You know better than to ask. I would never. So, anything else that we want to talk about? I just loved this book. I think in in summation, read this book if you haven't already. Well, and I said this to you before, is that one of the things for me that when I read a book, if the author can Because <laughs> you were like, about, she's a good writer. <laughs> yeah, well, can write about food and yeah. not make me feel like I'm going to throw up, mm-hmm. then I know it's a good book. And there's a few times when they're talking about food, like they eat tarts as a little romantic thing. And there's a time where they're getting ready for a big dinner and she's describing all these different uh, things that are being prepared. And I was made me hungry, did not make me want to vomit. So therefore, that's that's kind of the threshold for me, too. When I know I really like a book and they start talking about food and it doesn't make me sick, it's a good book. I know it's so crazy. That's the most specific. <laughs> I know, but it's true because as soon as they started talking about food, like I knew they were going to have a dinner. I was like, you know what? This isn't going to make me sick because it was far enough into the book where I knew I was, I trusted, I trusted Sarah to not, you know, steer me wrong. She did not. No. So would ya? I don't know. You know, 
that's a good answer. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I feel like these two are so perfect for each other. That's my thought exactly. And I just couldn't imagine ruining it either way. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be somebody that she would say, oh, but, you know, King, what about Clayton? You and say you, you would love me. ruin women for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Routinely. Routinely. <laughs> but so that's the thing. Like, I, I do feel like I wouldn't want to get in the way of the love story. And I can't imagine in what time frame I could have sex with either of them. Because I wouldn't want to have sex with King before this. And I wouldn't want to have sex with Sophie before this. Because then she wouldn't be ruined by him. And I, they're together forever. So I couldn't have sex with them. So... I, I, I wouldn't have sex with either. I wouldn't fuck either of them. I feel the same way. They're so perfect for each other and in such a good relationship that it is bizarre. I would be Isn't friends with Sophie. Yes. I would go to her bookstore. I oh. would hang out. Mm-hmm. I'd hang out with King. I think he'd be really fun to hang out with. He'd be really, we'd like play cards and stuff. He'd be really funny. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. It's not that I don't like them, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because I think of other ones that I was like, like Edward or Derek or Michael from Kiss Quotient that I'm like, no, these are sexy people I would want to get a piece of. And not that they're not sexy, because we said these are some of the best sex scenes we've read. Yeah. But yeah, they're just so perfect for each other as a couple. It's hard to, it's like, (laughs) it's like once your friend starts dating somebody and they become asexual to you. Yes. We're like, I can say that my friends are like married or dating like handsome guys, but uh-huh. it, it's like like me saying my cousin is handsome. It's like, yeah, he's handsome. Absolutely. I don't think of him in a sexual. He's not sexual to yeah. me. That's how I feel about these two. And by the time. So at the beginning, I didn't find them attractive. And then by the time I found them attractive, they had already fallen in love. So yeah. I didn't have a shot. <laughs> Although I would fuck Agnes. Ugh. because whatever. Agnes, it seems great. Agnes. She's is, aging like a fine wine. I would fuck Robbie. Because mm. whatever that marriage, who cares? He's got two kids. He's like a fucking baker in some small ass town. He could use some you excitement know he'd in smell his life. Yeasty. Oh, uh, you know how I love a yeasty smell. You do. You love a Paul Hollywood yeah. vibe. <laughs> I would fuck Paul Hollywood. We would all fuck Paul Hollywood, and then we would hope for a Hollywood <laughs> handshake <laughs> after. <laughs> I know. It's gonna say. I would hope I'd be like waiting by the bed and be like, "When does he do it? Does he do it right after, or does he have to kind of like?" Relax a little bit before he gives me a handshake. Oh, if Paul Highwood left the motel room without giving you a handshake, how heartbroken would you be? It would be awful. <laughs> It'd be the worst. To Robbie, I'd fuck. Doctor, he's too smug. Yeah. He knows he's too pretty. Whatever. I don't need that. Because those guys were never good in bed either. Doctors? Uh... Pretty boys. Oh, yeah, pretty boys. No, because they know. They know that they got... And they don't have to try. So then you're just sort of like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Robbie doesn't know that he's hot. hmm Yeah. But he's hot in like a meathead. Like, you know, like the guys that you grew up with and they're just like dumb hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robbie's kind of just pounding dough and just yeah. like, duh, I got how many kids? Sure, take some sticky bones. No, he's clearly a very good father. I don't uh, want to disparage Robbie just because he doesn't want to marry a girl he said he would marry when he was 11. He's not a bad person. Keep your word, Robbie, you son of a bitch. A promise is a promise. And what adults named Robbie anyway? I know. Yeah, but no, I would still fuck him. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, the dad, the dad was hot. The dad you could feel like was a silver fox. Like, Yes. Yeah. Well, the dad, again, he's a character that we hate mm-hmm. because all we know from him is what King is saying. And then uh, I started to like him mm-hmm. because I was like, you know what? He was looking out for his son. He's playing a part. Like, he is an asshole, and that's the part he plays. That's the part that he's comfortable in. But that's he's also like, I will let you hate me. I will let you think I'm an asshole in order for you to have ultimately a better life. And that's such a like a parenting decision. Like yep. that's what you do have to do as a parent is be like, yeah, you're gonna hate me because I'm not letting you play with knives. But ultimately, you shouldn't play with I'm knives. I'm not your friend. I'm your father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, you would not ultimately be happy this woman once you found out the betrayal. And, and then he does say, I mean, he's like, Sophie loves you. I yeah. can tell. Man, yeah, so I would do him too. I'd do pretty much everybody except for the like two the two main characters. The sisters, I don't know enough about the sisters, probably not. That seems like a whole Michigash. I, I don't want to get in, mm. in, in invested in it. I feel of like that. you'd be into Cecily. Okay. 
Yeah. She seemed like the most vapid of them all, though. At least no, she's from... just fun. Like, she just doesn't care. Okay. Like, she's very, like, carefree, but she's very loyal. Like, you learn more about her in subsequent books, and she's, I think she would be your kind of girl. Okay, cool. I'd have to read the other books. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, on your, I mean, on your recommendation, I would fuck her. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Sure. I'd fuck a lot of people in this book. <laughs> Goodreads list? Yeah, I love the list. This has got to be on a ton of lists. But it's the same thing where a lot of them are like, cover with a blue dress. And I'm I'm not putting that <laughs> on there because it is. And I don't know why you would need that list. All right. Goodreads list. Romance of the Bookworm. Oh, because she is a bookworm. Yeah. Um, villain as romantic love interest. He starts as a villain. He does, although... The Haven, what the the Lord of Haven is more. I mean, he's only in it for a hot second, mm-hmm. but he's more of the villain, right? He just doesn't. He's just not physically in the book that much. He's ultimately the big bad. Yeah, but yeah, I would say, uh, no, I don't know if he's the villain. I don't think King is the villain. Yeah, I think he is bad. He's a bad boy. Bad boy turned good boy. <laughs> So, no, take him off the list. Take it off the list. <laughs> Best humorous historical romances. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, funny. It was funny. It was yes. really funny. Um, everyone loves a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Mm-hmm. He is a bad boy. He's a bad boy that is actually a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> bad boy turned good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Best rogue rake romance books. Uh-huh. He's a rogue. He's a rake. He's a rapscallion. He's a scoundrel. She says rapscallion in this, and I was like, oh, Clayton's going to love it. I That's did. his favorite word. She says it's uh, something was rapscallion-esque, mm-hmm. which I liked. Um, compromised. Yep. She does get compromised. Kick-ass historical romance heroines. Oh, yeah. She is very independent, and she does get herself out of all kinds of pickles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Brunette heroines. Yep. Yep. Fact. I hate you, I love you, historical romances. Yes. Hot, steamy, sensual historical romance. Oh books. yeah! <laughs> in love with the wrong boy girl. Uh, at first, but not in the long run. No, in the long run, you're perfect for each other. Um, witty, funny couples. Yes, they are very funny together. Yes, at fr- well, you know, I was kind of spoiled because I think from the suffragette scandal with. Edward and Free, they had a really good rapport with each other. And at first, when the two of these guys didn't like each other, I didn't feel like they had good chemistry. But once they got to know each other and were spending time together, they were very funny together. And they had a lot of runners. They had a lot of inside jokes. They Mm -hmm. would, like, go back and forth with each other. I love the whole we don't even like each other thing. Yeah. We don't even like each other. (laughs) They love each other. Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. My boy, the Minotaur. I love a minotaur. But have you always loved a minotaur? Yeah. It, or, why? I just lo- I, I love the, the aesthetic. Of just like a bull man? Bull man. Because I like that it's a it's a animal head, but a male body. Okay. I don't like the other way around. A centaur, which I think is... Horse. Horse bottom, male top. No. Books with witty banter dialogue. Mm-hmm. Light romantic books. Yeah, this is light. There's not yeah. really anything. I mean, there is death in it, but it's not super heavy. No, this is a pretty light. If you want just sort of a light thing, there's no childhood trauma. I yeah. mean, somebody dies. That is tragic. But there's no nothing like super duper heavy. Yeah. I think it's pretty light. But it's she was good. just a milkmaid. Who cares? <laughs> tropes. Do you know the tropes? Yeah. Let me get out my tropes list. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. We should have a song. I, 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 at some point. I want to have songs for all of our segments. You know what, though? Huh. You edit this piece, so I know, go for but it. But I don't want to, I want new music. I don't want, like, to use other music. All right, I wanna, so start like, writing some original. songs. <laughs> Get yourself a xylophone. Let's do this. <laughs> I will. Um, it, yeah, if, if everybody's okay with them just all being xylophone-driven <laughs> themes, then we're good. Yeah. Scoundrel, Rapscallion, Rogue, Rake, Bad Boy. All those. All those tropes. Smart heroine, because she is smart. Yeah. Very well book read. She is, uh, it's a Regency, correct? Library porn. They've got, he's, his dad has, King's dad has this huge library 
I was nuts for that too. I've always wanted a big library where you, ha- if I could have a library where I have to have the moving uh, ladder, my God. What about, but this was a two story library. Bury me there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Bury me under a bunch of books. That's how I want to die. That's how I probably will die. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Had us helped you move before and he came home and that was pretty much what he said. He knows. If he doesn't get a text from me in three days, he's going to be digging a body out of some books. That's what's happening. But you'll go the way you wanted to. That is the way I want to go. Absolutely. Um, hot doctor, hot baker. Voyeurism. We talked about that scene. Road trip. Cross-dressing. Because she dr- loves dressing like a guy. She does it several times. And can we talk about people not re- realizing she's a guy? Like, I, I loved I loved the joke of when King's like, does nobody look at the footwear? Because she has her feet, I guess, are humongous. That's another thing. Her feet are too well, big. She seems to be like a big woman. Like, she's very tall. They yeah. talk about very buxom. And then she has big feet. As a big-footed woman... I appreciate it. Oh, do you have big feet? I have size 10 women's. But could you, don't you think you could fit into a guy's boots though? What guy? Like a, like a livery, like a. No, if he was like a younger guy, no. You couldn't fit into his boots? I can't fit into my father's shoes. Oh, really? No. That's so interesting. My dad's a little guy. So you, so you, this is a true problem, but that was one of the things that she would always have like slippers on or something, mm-hmm. but she would be just like a guy and King would be like, nobody notices that this is a woman. So, so I think that was used for humor. Yeah. And it worked. It definitely worked. I mean, and I do also think there is a thing of people seeing what they want to see. Absolutely. Like, I don't think most people go through life really paying attention to other people or really looking like if you assume somebody's going to be a man, and especially back then where it was like pe- women dressed a certain way, men dressed a certain you way. Know, you're right. So I think if you saw that, you'd just be like, Dude, move on. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy has hips and an ass and yeah. boobs. And them things. Driveway marriage. Is that, that's a trope? I mean, not necessarily driveway, like a Scottish marriage. That, uh, they were in a driveway. They were in a driveway. Yeah. Uh, although, and they also met, mentioned something in this book that I'd never heard of before. An anvil marriage. Yeah. Had you heard of an anvil marriage before? Like a blacksmith can marry you? So what it is, is, and I only know this because I've been reading Regencies, is, like I said, in England, you would have to do something called reading of the bonds, which meant that you had to announce three times over over a certain period of time that you intended to marry this person. And nobody came forward to say, like, I'm already married to them or anything like that. Then you would get married. So obviously that takes a lot of time. Yes. So couples who wanted to elope or just get married fast, if you couldn't get the special license, you would go to Scotland um, where anybody could marry you. So this town that's like the right over the Scottish border is called Granada Green. So that's where everybody went to. And that became shorthand for a quickie marriage. Like you were going to Granada Green. In Granada Green, there was a inn and then there was a blacksmith shop. And so people would go would basically be the first person they saw would be this blacksmith and he would marry them. So this guy's So it's called an anvil marriage because you're getting married over the anvil. But really, like, I think kind of anybody could marry you in Scotland. Okay. Because the way they did it was, like, you just have to say, we intend to get married and have a witness, and then you're married. So you could just walk into any... I mean, it didn't have to be a blacksmith. You could go into a stable, and the guy shoveling horse manure would give you... could marry you. Yeah. I mean, I do think I'm saying this as a definitive, and we'll definitely get feedback that i'm wrong but i do yeah the blacksmith the anvil marriage i think that all has to do with granada green i don't uh know if you needed like a special distinction okay because they get married by a duke so yeah well i just i thought an anvil i'd like to have an anvil marriage i'm just putting it out there we'll do it yeah we'll go to scotland yeah and i'll have an anvil marriage that'd be cool just have a blacksmith marry me sure that'd be really nice yeah so okay so that's a tiny judge marry me it was great you did. He was like a tiny, like tiny. It was a ju- woman. So a tiny female judge. Yeah. Oh, that was. She was. Yeah, because we got married at City Hall. Nice. We were there for the aftermath. I was there for the, <laughs> or like the the party. And a the lot dinner. of people call that the party, <laughs> not the aftermath. <laughs> this is still the aftermath. <laughs> it's been going on forever. <laughs> what about your tropes? What did you have? Cross-dressing heroine, enemies to lovers, unexpected road trip. Heroin shot. Hero has to take care of her. Uh, hero can't, won't get married. Hero can't fall in love. Hero 
Heroin traps hero, compromised, quickie Scottish wedding, and a carriage hookup. Oh, nice. There, ha- I, there are probably more, but those are my big ones. Maze fuck. Maze fuck. <laughs> you make it all sound so dirty. But it was dirty. Yeah, it was. Uh, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, what has you swooning this week, Clayton? Oh, wow. So I do a lot of music on this uh, podcast just because I listen to a lot of music along with podcasts. I'm always listening to something when I'm walking around the city. And this artist is very well known. And this album, I think, is very popular, but I still love it so much. I was listening to it on the way over here. Casey Musgrave. <gasps> yeah. Yes, I love her. Uh, Golden Hour, mm. right? All that I know. I think might be scared off by this album because it's country. It's not really country. There's it's it's singer songwriter pop. Yeah, but the songs are so beautiful. Uh, it has such a great mood to it. It's sad, but also very strong and triumphant. You know, uh, which I think you can go back and forth with when you are a human being. Uh, those feelings of extreme vulnerability and then. Those feelings of, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Uh, I'm just going to go out there and just live the life that I want to live. And it's going to be sad and it's going to be beautiful. And I think this is the kind of album that really encapsulates those feelings. So listen to it, stream it first, see if you like it. You're going to like it. Buy it however you want to buy it. Like I said, support artists, buy things. Uh, But this is a great album. I know you like this album a lot too, right? Oh, I, this entire summer I was listening to it nonstop. I really, really loved it. Um, but I think something that I've been doing and being really conscious of is sort of taking time every week to to do ritual or to be sort of with myself for a little while. Um, and I call it my Sunday service. <laughs> I don't go to church, but I think it's been really great sort of naming it something and then knowing that's something I have to do. It's just like on my list. And it's been really great as sort of a centering tool where you can do anything you want, but I take a bath. I listen to a podcast. I light my little candle. I'll read a book, like a specific kind of book, um, just to really sort of check in with myself. So I would say try to do that with your life if you can. I know people have kids, people have stressful jobs. It could be really tough. But I think even if it is something that's very, um, it doesn't have to take a lot of time, but I just think making sure to have a little time every week carved out to to check in with yourself, I think it's really, really valuable. And I really, really enjoyed it. So That's yeah. good. I think that's a really good idea to, to do. Yeah. Um, and if you are, you know, if you're with somebody that you love and you see that they're not taking time for themselves, make them. <laughs> they'll, you know, they'll thank you for it. Yeah. <laughs> be like, why don't you just do something that you want to do for yourself? I'll take care of this thing you were going to do, you know, and then reciprocate it. That's the thing. You, it, it, like if you're talking about partners, taking time for yourself is not taking time away from the person you love. It's enhancing right. your love. Right. And it's about being more fully yourself so that you can be more fully present for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think people sometimes lose that where they're just like, "Mm, I need to constantly you you can't show up for others if you haven't shown up for yourself. I mean, I think um, these will all be on our calendar when we release our calendar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All these sayings. I I know it's so trite. It is so trite, but it is also I don't know. I do think it's true. It's true. And I think especially it's like women but everybody can sort of be going 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 giving 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 and then you're like 
I was talking to my friend last night who has breastfed for seven months and she's like, I don't know. I just want to not be breastfeeding. I just want my body to be my own. I know that's selfish. It's like, that's not selfish. No, that's a normal thought. Yeah. You want, you have given over a year of your body to another being. You can take it back at any point you want to. And that is good. And you should do it for yourself. And honestly, um, not to be, do whatever makes yourself happy. We all have to do things that don't make us happy, but I think making sure that you're always checking in, um, to know where your happiness is and how to, how to maximize that. And even just to be like, I'm feeling this sort of way. And, and I just want to sit in this sort of feeling for a little while, I think can be really helpful as well. If it's a, not even like a happiness, if it's a loneliness or something, yeah. just feeling those emotions is important. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, if you have something you want to recommend to us, you want to say that you like us, you don't like us, you want to give us a history of anvil marriages, we would love that. Um, I know we have a lot of super smart listeners, so I'm sure we're going to get some some feedback. Um, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Learning Tropes. And Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. You guys have been great at engaging with us. We really love it. Um, we'll get Clayton on the Insta. Maybe he'll start responding. I just so, I just, you know, I'm like I'm saying, I'm just sitting quietly on the couch for now. <laughs> just want to make sure everybody's comfortable. I know. I, I feel like I start talking to people and I always have to be like, this is Aaron, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're going to assume that it's you. Assume it's me unless, you know. Unless I do say this is Clayton. Is it okay to speak? <laughs> You're just going to wait with your hand raised until someone yeah, taps you. Listen, hey, you know, taking a back seat for once. Yes. And then next week, we are reading a rock star romance which Clayton is so excited about because he loves Jackson Maine. Yeah, well, but he's doing any fictional rock star. Any fictional rock star. He's pretending he's drumming right now. Um, I'm just riding the hi hat. That's what this is. Oh, can you see that? Mm. Just everybody imagine riding the hi hat, and I'm probably not doing it. <laughs> uh, it was a suggestion from Rebecca Karn One uh, on Instagram. So thanks so much for suggesting. And it is "Play" by Kylie Scott. We've gotten a lot of feedback. People are very excited about this. This hero, I think, is kind of a big deal hero. So I'm very excited to get started with him. Um, yeah, and so we'll see you next week. This was great. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.